What is going on, Law Nation? Welcome to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, your favorite place for learning about the world of alternative passive investments so that you can have more freedom, flexibility, and fun. What a show we have for you today. But first, if you're ready to kick that billable hour to the curb, go to attorneybydesign.com to download the Freedom Blueprint. That will also get you access to opportunities to partner with us in one of our next passive real estate investments. We'd love to get you on board and help you on your way to financial freedom. All right, let's have a quick chat about self-discipline. If you're listening to this show, you're probably highly successful in what you do, whether that's lawyering or something else. You make a great salary, but you put in long hours. When we put in those long hours, sometimes we feel like we deserve to treat ourselves to certain things, right? A $300 steak dinner every week, a new watch, a new five series, a bigger house. Maybe you pay for those things in full, or maybe there are monthly bills attached. So you end up with the quote unquote golden handcuffs. For those of you that are unfamiliar, that's where you make a lot of money, but you spend a lot of money. Your lifestyle and your bills handcuff you to a job that becomes less and less fulfilling, reducing your freedom and ultimately resulting in an unhappy version of yourself. Now, the best version of yourself, the one that has discipline and a long-term goal of freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment, doesn't buy those extravagant things, at least not yet, and at least not in access. Instead, the best version of yourself doesn't rely on their 401k or their diamond dozen financial advisor's advice. The best version of yourself uses their successful career and the active income generated from it to invest in cash flowing, appreciating alternative assets like real estate, creates additional streams of income through franchises and e-commerce, and builds their investment empire that will allow them to retire early or not and set themselves and their families up for generations to come. This is the way. And our awesome expert guests today, Ava Benisaki and August Beniaz, have discovered this enlightened path themselves. Both successful real estate agents who saw the forest for the trees and started investing in real estate rather than just buying and selling it for others. I think that some of my real estate and securities attorneys out there can relate to this. Ava and August are the co-founders of CPI Capital, a Canadian-based real estate investment firm. Having joined forces in 2019, Ava and August bring a broad range of skills to the real estate sector. CPI Capital was founded in the business of discovering, acquiring, improving, and actively managing multifamily rental value-add real estate assets in the United States. All right, let's jump in. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. Ava and August, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us, yeah, Seth. Thank you so much for having us, Seth. Absolutely. You have to bear with me a little bit. I don't have two folks on at the same time very often, so we'll, we'll work our way through this. Absolutely. Perfect. Man, and if you're listening out there and you're not watching and can't see this, you guys are some good-looking folks, man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. Real recognize it real, like the <laughs> basketball court say, yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, thank you. Well, let's jump right in. Tell us about your story. Take it back as far as you guys want to go. Um, whoever wants to go first can start. Absolutely. Go ahead, August. All right, sounds good. And, <laughs> and I think it's important to kind of hear our backstory and um, and 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 where we are today because it, it it's a great buildup. So um, both of us were real estate professionals. I was uh, I've been in construction development real estate in one form or other for past 16 years uh, starting out as a licensed uh, licensed agent doing I wasn't really good at being a real estate agent uh, but I was good at finding deals so I started doing small fix and flips um, started my own general contracting company building single family luxury homes and uh, the price of real estate is very high here in Vancouver so when we're talking about luxury homes uh, compared to uh, you know California Los Angeles for example so in millions of dollars uh, difficult business to scale but I was building homes for clients and I was also developing single family homes wanted to scale my business and eventually got into building multifamily um, with uh, uh, with a uh, plan to exit by selling the condo units or by selling the uh, each strata units rather than a, a rental um, and uh, right away realized so when I scaled my business I had to bring on investors I, I wasn't really I didn't know what syndicating was at that time even what it meant but I was bringing on investors friends family business associates people who invested in the past with me some some investors who have uh, I've, I've built homes for in the past and um, I, I started doing multifamily. And um, uh, what was clear from day one was many pain points that existed in ground up development. Uh, those issues are, um, uh, you know, when, when you're going through rezoning uh, with, with a city, the bureaucracy that exists, um, the public hearings that you are the mercy of people in the neighborhood that give you the thumbs up to have the construction process. And then um, again, pre-construction, you got environmental issues. Uh, and when construction starts, you have, you know, uh, changing, change in material costs, dealing with contractors, and also the component that there's no cash flow in ground up development. Every unit has to be built and sold before anyone in the project gets paid. So those are the pain points that I, that I was realizing in the business I was in um, uh, until I connected with Ava. And uh, it seemed like, you know, we, we, there was lots of issues that she was seeing in her space. Yeah, exactly. And a little bit about me, I was I was a real estate agent for um, close to a decade. And I was helping a lot of real estate investors here in Vancouver. And there was a lot of pain points that existed, you know, very high level uh, point of entry to get into real estate here with the with medium home price being 1.3 million. Um, there was also a very low rent to value ratio. So even if you purchase one unit, a cash flow doesn't really exist here. You're going to most likely be in negative cash flows. Um, you know, this fine line between being an active and passive investor that existed for my real estate investors. A lot of I help busy professionals invest in real estate and you can only scale. You can only scale your portfolio so much as an active investor. So when I met August and we got introduced to this beautiful syndication model that exists across the border, we both fell in love and we literally both left our careers and said, you know what, let's build this platform for busy professionals in Canada to be able to show up 100% passive and uh, benefit from the opportunities that exist. Yeah, and when Ava says we left our careers, that was a six month <laughs> grueling process with both of our parents saying we're totally insane. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't as easy as just, yeah. So, so then we built our company from the ground up uh, and essentially, yeah, now we, that's a little bit about our background. 
Awesome. Awesome. What did that transition look like? Was it kind of all at once? You just said one day you guys are like, okay, this is great. We found business partners. We're out of here. Let's start this thing. And you just dropped everything and went, or was it kind of gradual? We like to talk about those kind of inflection points. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was, it was definitely gradual, yeah. but there was a milestone. There was a, a pivotal moment when we said that, Hey, if we are going to be the sponsor, or if we're going to be this is going to be our business. We need to be focused hundred percent. This is not a business where you could be doing a part-time, even though we, we do, we are in the space and we do hear people doing it part-time, uh, but to be this sponsor, to find deals, to underwrite deals, to, uh, you know, manage projects, deal with investors, and also, uh, uh, you know, uh, be a th be the thought leaders in that space, which, which we, another pain point we realized was lots of content that didn't exist, uh, information didn't exist for Canadian investors. This mm -hmm. concept of, uh, uh, you know, apartment syndication or multifamily syndication because of big groups like Cardone Capital has been main, brought to mainstream. But here in Canada, um, there is a lot of, um, it, it's, it's very opaque. A lot of terms that are used in the US are not used here in Canada. So we are like, hey, we have to also educate alongside our company, the, 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 the company entity, what it, the business it does. So we, we, we came to a point that we're like, this is not something we could do part-time, that it has to be done full-time. So uh, at the point where, where it was says that we, we both, I left my career as a, as a builder uh, prior to Ava, but that the moment that Ava left her, um, you know, her career as a real estate agent, we were full on into uh, this concept. Full on 12, 14, 16 hour days building <laughs> this company. Yeah, that's what it takes sometimes, right? Right when you start a new business, it's it's nose to the grindstone. You've got to go 12, 16, 20 hours, whatever it takes to get it done, right? Exactly, 100%. exactly. One other thing I really wanted to point out was that you guys are were both real estate agents and it's crazy because you see this all the time where real estate agents and brokers, they're always, they're constantly buying and selling properties. I mean, that's their business, but they never invest themselves. And you're, you're, and you, you're like, how can I take your word for it when you don't even invest yourself? I mean, what do you think is different about your guys' mindset where you were like, I want to actually invest in real estate, own real estate, be sponsors on the deals rather than just being the transactional type of people that real estate agents are. Yeah, for sure. For me, if I, Go ahead, please. Yeah. Yeah. for, for me, it was, it was when I saw the dynamic of the real estate, private equity world or this space where the sponsor gets a portion of the, the profits gets management fees and performance fees. That's when I fell in love with it because I put my investor hat on and I'm like, Hey, listen, if I want to invest in real estate and I trust in a real estate agent to buy a piece of property or what have you, or, or I trust in my, my JV partners, um, they, 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 they're, they're receiving a commission. They don't have a dog in the, in the race really, unless I come to them and partner with them again in the future, or I buy real estate from them. But in this real estate, private equity space in the syndication space, the sponsor is 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 is, a, is is the partner of the investor and is getting compensated relative to the performance of the asset. Yeah. So they definitely have a dog in it. So I, that that was a concept that I really fell in love with. And to differentiate that from from the world of real estate or being a broker is that the sponsors are very much um, you know in partnership with investors. So that was that was my my turning point. Yeah. Likewise. Great. Yeah, I, I love that as well. That's one of my fundamental values for our private equity company is the alignment of interest, right? That's what's awesome about syndications are the GPs and the LPs are in it together. And if one wins, the other one wins. Absolutely. Exactly.
Exactly. Let, let's jump into the nitty gritty, man. Uh, how does the U.S. real estate market compare to Canada? Great. Yeah, no, this is a great question. So, so I like to use what I the, the metric that I use is the rent to value ratios. Now, you also got to keep in mind, US is a very vast country, you got all these different types of markets. Uh, every state is like literally a different country. So, um, uh, you know, certain states are somewhat uh, uh, com comparable to, to uh, certain certain areas and regions in Canada, for example, California and New York, uh, as, as I'm sure you and your viewers are aware that the cap rates are pretty compressed. Uh, you know, people are most investors buy real estate uh, to force appreciate or for um, uh, general market appreciation. This concept of cash flow uh, from day one uh, because of the low rent to value ratios doesn't exist. So in Canada, the same kind of concept. If you have appreciation, you don't have uh, cash flow. If you do have cash flow, you don't have appreciation. Um, so, um, uh, you know, th that that's a comparison. Um, and just to give you a comparison, for example, on a deals we're looking currently looking at, um, uh, they're, uh, you know, in the US, the rent to value ratios here in Vancouver are at 0.2%. So um, yeah, that just shows you. So I think in, in the US, you guys have this concept of 1% yeah. uh, rent to value ratios where a month's rent needs to equal to 1% of the assets value. But that's not always the case for larger multifamily assets and what have you. But, you know, going on the same calculation, we're at 0.2%. So you're on extreme negative cash flows. Um, you know, here in Vancouver and Toronto. So it's very difficult business to to make it scalable and to also bring investors to to have a cash flow component uh, in it. So have the best of both worlds with the cash flow and the, and the appreciation. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds a lot like Southern California. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you so what I'm hearing is you cannot get cash flow and appreciation in the same market in most of the places in, in Canada, whereas in the United States, you can. And those are two of the biggest things we look for is cash flow, the appreciation, whether it's force or market, as well as the tax advantages that you get from investing in real estate. Exactly, exactly. Now, keep in mind, there are deals that, that come across once in a while. There's always opportunities opportunities to find deals, but it's not a scalable business. It's not like that, hey, the cap rates are at, are at 5%. I can go out there and actually create a business model for 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 what I what I have you know uh, cr you know create a plan for my business model uh, you know it's uh, deals great deals could be found but you know it's not something you could build a business. And, and one thing I like to uh, point out is the investments that we bring from the United States are above market returns. Um, so just on a scalability, they're above market returns that you can find anywhere throughout Canada. And what kind of returns do you see in Canada? What what would be typical if you if there was someone from the United States that was like, okay, I actually want to invest in Canada. What what would I be expecting for projected so, returns? Yeah. So funny enough, Canadians are super conservative, and Canadians are very happy with a five to six percent annualized return. Because they're because it's mostly REITs and <laughs> other larger funds. Yes. But in these syndicated investments, yeah. it's mostly ground up development. So, so because because the value add concept doesn't work here in Canada, multifamily value because there is no cash flow, you know. Uh, so it's ground up development projects. The point of entry in most cases is a million dollar investment. The LPs are required to put in a million dollars, and uh, obviously there is no cash flow for the term of the project. Uh, uh, so th those are the products that we've seen that 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 uh, that are available, and for us to be able to bring tax efficient investments at a, a twenty five thousand dollar minimum investment entry. Uh, we feel, uh, you know, uh, with cash flow and appreciation. Exactly. <laughs> right. So your Canadian investors, they have to look at the United States like an awesome opportunity, right? 
Oh yeah. Exactly. Big time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. Tell me about the educational hurdles you have to get over because you know, they may see the opportunity in the United States and see these returns, but just, you know, I I'm thinking of for myself, if someone came to me and said, Hey, why don't you invest in Mexico or just some other different country? I would think, Oh man, I don't know. An international investment. I'm a little bit, you know, I, I have to learn about that first. And, and before I jump right in, how do you overcome those educational hurdles? Yeah. And I think sure. you hit the nail on the head because there needs to be an educational component for, for there to be peace of mind for investors to invest. So, and that is one of the, our, our biggest hurdles to explain everything, but. Yeah. But, and keeping in mind that Canadians are very conservative and a lot of Canadians aren't aware of the treaty that exists between Canada and the U S so right away when a Canadian thinks, Oh, uh, invest in the U S they all automatically think of tax. What is the taxation going to be like? And I don't even want to go there. Um, so that's where we created our educational uh, platform where we can really explain to the Canadian investor that, hey, listen, this is how it works from kind of the point A to point Z. And by the time we explain how the taxation works and how everything we've kind of aligned everything, they it all makes sense to them and they get more uh, on board. But it does take a lot of touching points for the Canadian investor to really jump on board. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. How about market wise? Is it a little bit harder to sell, let's say, a, an investment property in, I don't know, Columbus, Ohio, which is a great market compare, compared to uh, New York City, which actually isn't that great of a market, something like that. Is it harder to make that sell because of the familiarity? Yeah, great point. So what, what what we've noticed is East Coast, West Coast. So you got yeah. most of the investors, let's say that from Vancouver uh, or Calgary on the West Coast of Canada and the investors from the Ontario region, Toronto um, uh, or, or Montreal. So what we noticed is that the West, uh, the West Coast investors are very familiar with with uh, with uh, Arizona, um, with um, Nevada. So those are when, when those deals are presented, the West Coast investor, hey, I've been there or I can go check out the asset that I own a piece of. Also, the same thing for the East Coast investors. Anytime you have deals in uh, or um, in uh, Florida or North and South Carolina, they're much more inclined they're to higher appetite. Uh, higher appetite. Exactly. Well said. Understood. Understood. So there, there have to be some issues and some complications that come up with this with investing you know, across borders. What, what are some of those issues? Crossword, I think, is is again the miscommunications that exist between Canada and the U.S. Uh, many times, uh, this concept of an LLC is is explained. We don't have an LLC here in Canada. We have uh, a co uh, you know a corporation. Uh, um, we have uh, other entities that uh, you know a, a a project can be purchased in, but we don't have an LLC. And a lot of time, LLCs are entities that are used to purchase assets in the U.S. They're also entities that are required by U.S. sponsors to be used for any foreign investor. So if somebody wanted to invest into a, an asset, into a syndicated investment in the U.S., um, the sponsor requires the foreign investor, I'm, I'm, I'm sure amongst other requirements they have, to have a, a U.S. LLC and invest through the U.S. LLC. Now, the, the issue with an LLC is um, uh, the, the Canadian CRA sees a LLC as a, a, a corporation and taxes it accordingly. So there's taxes paid in the U.S., but any kind of returns that come back to Canada also get taxed and people don't benefit from the, um, the, the cross tax, the, the foreign, foreign tax, tax credit. credit that exists, the, mm. the, uh, the, the treaty that exists between Canada and the U.S. Now, have you guys come up with any workarounds for some of these issues? 
Of course. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's the whole point of our company. So that's exactly what we did. We've we've uh, set up our corporate structure where Canadians can literally just show up. They invest into a Canadian entity and we take care of all of that heavy lifting for them. So we've really streamlined it so it's 100% passive. So they don't have to worry about, oh, I have to open up a corporation, I have to do this, just to just to participate in an investment on the US side. That's where we, our company has really um, kind of took away those pain points for Canadians. Exactly, a, a fund of fund structure, yeah, there you which go. is there's a Canadian fund and a US fund and the Canadian fund invests into the US fund. So that's, that's the process that we have. Now keep in mind, um, there are also other complexities that exist, not only with this structure, uh, this structure really doesn't make sense for an individual investor to go through and creating it because of the, uh, the cost associated with it. Um, uh, uh, but it does make sense when a project is syndicated because that cost gets divided between all investors and it becomes a nominal amount. Um, now, there are other steps that are also need taken because when an asset, uh, the asset on the US side, multifamily asset produces a K1. Now, CRA doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't it wouldn't accept the K1. That K1 there needs to be a conversion from the K1 into the Canadian equivalent of the K1. So that's also the, another process that our accounting team uh, 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 takes over and completes it for the investors. And um, other point is that investors also all investors as limited partners in a Canadian fund still need to file their U.S. taxes every year. So that's that's also a, a misconception. Just you, you, just for filing taxes, that doesn't mean you're double tax. You still have to file U.S. taxes, even if you're declaring you made uh, zero dollars a certain year, but you still have to file it because you're an investor into a U.S. fund. Got it. From the from the sponsor point of view, do you guys handle all that from your end, from your accountant, or do they kind of help work you through that with from their accountant and their attorneys, or, or how does that work? Yeah, again, it goes back to the educational uh, portion of it. Now, we have to say the disclaimer, we're not accountants. <laughs> please talk to your accountants. Please talk to your tax uh, tax lawyers. Uh, but but it, it it's meant to be very educational. So we have a form that we send out that's, that's pre-investment that talks about the process on a high level. We have a form that we send out after investment is made and the, and the subscription agreements are signed. Again, it, it gives an option to the investor that this is the uh, ABC accounting. Uh, I'm just using a hypothetical name, but ABC accounting is our accounting firm. Um, they're, they're more than happy to kind of uh, advise you or consult for you, but you're, you're open to go to your own accountant. Uh, but, uh, so so the op it's all about options. It's, a, it's all about understanding. It's not leaving it to the last moment that now it's time to file taxes and uh, this, the investors are scrambling to file their taxes. It's getting them involved from day one, putting them in contact with an accounting team if they, that needs, uh, the need is there, and also advising them that there needs to be U.S. File, tax filings every year. Really holding, them, holding their hand through the process so they feel taken care of and, and takes some of, some of that anxiety away of, of going through the whole process. Makes sense. Makes sense. It sounds like you guys have it streamlined pretty good. Um, some of the investors can just come to you and you've kind of got this thing ready to go. And all they have to do is, you know, vet, vet the deal and then send you, send you the money so they can, they can get involved in these, these syndications that just aren't available to them in Canada. Exactly. 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 What are some of the other issues that, and common questions that might come up from your investors when it comes to just investing in, in us real estate in general? Let's see here. I'm trying to think. The taxation is the biggest one. And then they always they always want to know, well, how do you find the 
the deals, the diamonds in the rough is what I call them. <laughs> um, and that's really where we where, where we partner with active operators on the U.S. side. Um, people who where we obviously who, where we follow the numbers, the job growth, the population growth, and we target the, the best submarkets um, to to partner with those active operators. And exactly. And, and you know what? I, I can kind of say this in a, in, 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 a, in a in a joking way, but okay. one of the main hurdles that we came uh, that came came up early on was the returns that we were forecasting <laughs> on our deals. True. Uh, so so because like yeah. Ava mentioned earlier, because the Canadian investors are so used to that five or six percent gross, um, uh, you know, you know, returns whenever we're, we're doing our performance and we're sending them returns of. 20%, 25%, double your money in five years. Uh, the, 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 the common um, uh, feedback was this is too good to be true. So that was one of those. That also- was one of the hurdles. And our advisors were like, you guys got to like, lower those returns lower the returns uh you, you know and we're like hey we're being conservative like that's fine be even more conservative like, that was a hurdle that we faced as well that's funny i can see that some of the deals that we do we we do that on purpose we mute the returns a little bit like we kind of have an internal projections which are actually more favorable than the ones we put out to the investors because it looks too good you know it, it, they're like well this is too good to be true so they won't invest if they see the numbers are too good which is crazy isn't that crazy? Yeah. I know you guys focus a lot on creating educational content. We spoke earlier and I see you guys all over social media and hosting webinars and, and doing all that. You know, what are some of the best tips for someone who hasn't taken that plunge yet, who hasn't invested in real estate or, you know, and they're, they're looking to either invest actively or passively and, and they're just getting started, just getting educated. What are some of your best tips to, to get started? To get started, um, I would say start asking a lot of questions before diving into something and uh, putting your hard-earned money into something. Obviously, uh, ask a lot of questions. Do a lot of research on who you're investing with. Uh, maybe get some testimonials yeah. on who you're investing with. Don't be intimidated. Don't be Ask a lot of questions. There's nothing wrong with, 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 with asking questions. Be humble. Educate yourself as much as you can. And today we're so lucky, like, like, like your platform right here, uh, where, you know, where you bring on experts and guests to talk about different subjects. It, there's, it's so easy to get content. It's so easy to get information. Educate yourself if you want to. If, if you're looking to be a passive investor or active investor, educate yourself in that in that space. As Ava said, as a passive investor, you're trusting the sponsor, you're trusting the deal with your hard-earned money. So you better understand at least the business concept on a high level. As an active investor, that educational process is even much more. But also, my other advice would be to active investor is to have a certain focus. I always call this real estate private equity. Uh, uh, game or space, a, I, I, I visualize it as a pie divided into three pieces. And one of the pieces of the pie is the equity piece, is the money piece need, needed for the project. The other piece is the deal, finding the deal, doing the physical due diligence, the underwriting. And the other part is the value add, the renovations and the management that needs to be done. Uh, and all three components need to be available, need to be there for a deal. So as an active investor, initially see where do you excel? What, what part of the, this, these three sections do you fall into and, and keep focusing and keep educating yourself in that particular field? At times, as sponsors do all three, uh, you yeah. know, we, we've been guilty of that. But um, it's, it's important to delegate. It's important to um, delegate tasks to others and bring on partners, but also having a focus in, in uh, you know, uh, honing your skills. 
Yeah. And I'm sure you probably get this a lot because you had mentioned active and passive investing. Uh, folks come to me all the time and they, you know, they're just getting started. They're getting educated. They're listening to the podcast. They're reading the books. They're doing the, the education piece that we all had to go through. And they're trying to decide whether or not they want to, you know, they watch HGTV and they want to do a fix and flip or they want to invest passively in a syndication or they want to just jump all the way into some sort of an active syndication or active real estate by, you know, maybe a, a sixplex or something like that. Um, I'm sure you have folks like that, that that come to you as well. What, what's some of the advice that you give to them when they're kind of all over the place and they're just trying to make that first, that first decision? Yeah, exactly. I, I would say diversification is key, but you really have to look at your life and see what it is. What, what are you looking for? You know, are you looking for more time freedom? Well, then obviously passive investing would would be best. Or it's always great if you're uh, an active investor and you can also passively invest in well and kind of diversify your portfolio. Exactly. Great advice. Great advice. I, I, yeah, I, I would add to that that, yes, the decision is made really on the, on the investors themselves, uh, mm -hmm. just like Ava said. If they're looking for that time freedom, they're a busy professional, uh, they're looking to have cash flow and, and be involved in, in returns that real estate has to offer, passive investing is a great option. But also on, on active investors looking to um, uh, you know, get involved in, in the active part of investing, um, in, if you are looking to be involved in real estate private equity in this space of um, apartment syndication or multifamily syndication or syndicated uh, uh, real estate investments, it's a great start to always invest passively because investing passively, you get to experience what an investor go, goes through. You get to experience what are the things you enjoyed, what are the things you didn't enjoy. Um, uh, so you can implement those for your own company, but and you can also be part of and learn a lot from a sponsor that you've invested with. So that would be my advice. Definitely uh, find the right sponsor and invest with them to learn the process. Um, and, and uh, yeah, again, educate yourself. And the other part is, is this confidence, uh, you know, is, is to have, have the confidence. On our first deal, we closed on a $92 million asset and that's USD, that's well over a hundred million dollars here in Canada. So, uh, and, and advice to us was always, hey, start small, get a duplex and what have you. It, it is possible to, to close, obviously that deal was in partnership with other groups as well, but it, you know, the confidence by the mindset is very important in real estate investing is not, not being afraid of numbers, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, there's not always one way to do things, having the focus, uh, as long as the deal makes sense, as long as you have, you surround yourself with the right people, as long as you have the right systems in place, uh, you know, uh, the chances of succeeding in this business is a lot higher. Well said, August. Yeah, well said for sure. There's a, there's a couple of big things in there, the time and the mindset, right? I mean, you have to look at how much time you have. If you're a, a full-time practicing doctor or lawyer or something like that, you don't have time to run a, an active side of a real estate syndication. I mean, this is a full-time gig and it's going to be really difficult for you to, to execute effectively trying to work your W-2 job at the same time. So passively might be the way to go. And if you're still unsure and you, you're one of those people that's a, a super go-getter and you really want to be on the active side, like you said, I think the best thing to do is invest passively first. Invest passively in a deal and then see if you like it. And you might actually get those returns and be like, oh, I didn't have to do much to get those returns. Maybe I'm just going to keep doing what I'm, what I'm good at and, and continue to invest passively. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There are professional passive investors out there, there by the way. And who doesn't uh, want to build wealth while they sleep? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that should be the goal. Even for us active investors, if we could just invest passively entirely full time, I mean, that's, that's 
gold right there. <laughs> Said just to, just to add one more item on this topic is is at times when when an active investor or starting out active investor is you know takes that route of investing with another sponsor uh, that I, I, I'm sure they know like and trust. Uh, it also gives it opportunity of possibly growing with that sponsor. Uh, that was one of the experiences we had is, is you've, you've invested with a sponsor. You've seen how they, 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 they communicate with their investors. And as you're growing in your business, you can actually partner with them potentially on a deal. Or if you have a really good deal, you can bring it to the sponsor and you can jointly do it. These, these syndicated investments, they can, they can be structured in, in, in any ways. Um, yeah, you the know, options are clever, endless. Clever attorneys can structure them in any way that there's multiple <laughs> yeah. partners involved and different classes of shares and what have you. So it's very much doable. That's what we love so. about this business. There's just so many different ways that you can work with others and team up with others and really scale together. There's no I in this business. It's all about um, surrounding yourself with, with the like-minded individuals and you can really scale. Exactly. Well said. Yeah, for sure. Unlike a lot of businesses, people are very open in the real estate business to give away their secret sauce. You know, they're not they're not afraid to talk and bring you in and help you along and team up with you and partner with you. Whereas in a lot of other businesses, if they know something that you don't know, they're definitely not going to tell you about it. Yeah, yes. definitely. 100%. <laughs> All right, guys, before we jump into the Freedom Four, do you have one last golden nugget for our listeners? Golden nugget, golden nugget. What do we want to say? So my, my thing would always be uh, educate yourself as much as you can. Any chance you get, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of free content online, a lot of great books, um, you know, um, incredible books, lots of videos. YouTube has been literally my, um, my, my, my university. Yeah. So utilize it, educate yourself. And, um, and you, you, I'm, I'm sure if you put your mind to it, you can achieve it. Yeah. And I'd say get started right away. Get started right away because you don't want another five years to go by or 10 years to go by and say, oh, I wish I would have, you know, started my passive investing journey because um, then I could have had this at this point. Get started right away because I know when I was introduced to this stuff, I got excited and got started right away. And you just live that life of freedom, right? That's what everybody wants. <laughs> yep. Take action. Take action. All right. Let's jump into the Freedom Four. It's time for the Freedom Four. What's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy? Gym in the mornings. Uh, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Got to get that workout in. Um, with all your success, what is one limiting belief that you've crushed along the way and how did you overcome it? Doubting um, myself. Uh, just be relentless and just believe that you can achieve anything. Yeah, for me, would be would be the numbers. Don't be afraid of numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, just because something is a gazillion dollars, it doesn't mean it's <laughs> yeah. unachievable. You could still do it. Nice. Yeah. What's one actionable step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom for themselves? Get on YouTube and find. Start listening to some podcasts and start learning educate 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 yourself as much as you can and it's, it's strategic education it's not you know overdoing it with reading random books or uh, you know nice. focused education figure out what is the space you want to be in and educate yourself in that field as much as you can love it last but not least how has passive income made your life better created more time creating more time freedom time freedom absolutely everybody needs more time for sure that's what it's all about guys all right where can others just find out more about you LinkedIn. You can find me Ava Benasaki on LinkedIn. I'm really active on there. Um, yeah, just send me an email. Yeah, or our website cpicapital.ca or just Google CPI Capital. You could also Google Canadian Passive Investing. 
with the acronym of CPI and will pop up. Yeah. Awesome. Ava and August has been fantastic. Appreciate you guys coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks guys. Thanks for having us, Seth. Ava and August, thank you so much. That was awesome. A couple of great folks right there. I truly enjoy every interaction I have with them. Be sure to check out their YouTube show, The Canadian Passive Investing Academy. Major key, see the forest for the trees. I especially see this a lot with attorneys and real estate agents who are involved in real estate on a daily basis, involved in investments on a daily basis, yet they themselves never invest themselves. It makes no sense. Leverage your skills and your knowledge, practice self-discipline with your active income and take action, invest. And if you're interested in partnering with us on our next passive real estate deal, go to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com and join our Esquire Passive Investor Club. Until next time, folks, enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.